What's up, guys? What is up? Episode number six of the Fitness and Business Mixtape Podcast with me, Steve Krebs, and your main man, Luca Hosefar. Today, we're going to talk about money. Money, son. Making it, keeping it, growing it, everything included in the topic of money. Luke and I are going to break this down now. Now, the cool part is, guys, is one thing I'll say about Luke and I is we've lived a crazy life. We've done a lot of cool stuff. But we're also very cerebral with our money. Right. Luca actually bought Vigor Ground, the building he's in, because of his willingness to live below his means, be frugal with his money, be smart with his money, be cerebral, like keeping it at the top of, of mind at all times and being focused on not only how can we earn it, but how can we keep it and grow it. So uh, as we go through this, I'm going to give you guys some recommendations of what I've done. I'm sure Luca's got some recommendations of what he's done over time. But ultimately, what we see in the industry, specifically inside of fitness and fitness businesses, I call it being sneaker rich. So a lot of people that, that they'll make some money, but then immediately spend it, right? It's like they're allergic to money. So as soon as it comes in, as soon as they realize a little bit of success, they get in the habit of overspending, right? Living above their means. And if you look across the United States specifically, you're going to see this across the board. So Luke, why don't you kind of give, give these guys just a, a basic rundown of what it took, right? Because Obviously, this is a fitness business podcast, and you own the building that your gym is in and actually have people renting out space to you as well. So why don't you just give these guys an idea of, you know, I know this is a long story, obviously, but man, like, what did it take and what were some of the, the disciplines you used with money to, to get to the point where you could actually do that, man? Because I know that's something that a lot of people want to know about, and then I'll jump in and pull the gold nuggets out and also give you guys some recommendations on books and things you can study and do along the way as well. So Luke, why don't you jump in on this? Yeah, this is, um, I'll try to kind of do like some of the one-on-one -on -one thinking behind it, I guess. Um, you know, because I, I got a lot of questions. A lot of people hit me up about like, hey, I, I too want to buy a building, um, build equity, this, that, and the other. And I mean, do you want to like, actually, I want to ask you like, let's, I'm going to talk about this and then we'll go back. We'll go back and afterwards we'll talk about just dismantling the negative thought patterns of, around money because that, that's super important so we got we got to talk about that um but how about we'll go back and do that how about how about well, that? yeah i think right now dude like to, to lead this thing off i think that most people really like you know it's 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 one of these things where you don't see it a lot inside of like the smaller gym community right you see it in these big box gyms where these ballers come in and they'll they, they own the buildings because these guys have the capital and the backing to do that. A lot of people that, that we've coached or that will follow us are going to be people that, you know, maybe are, have been successful, but they want more, right? These are guys and girls that have maybe gotten to a point where they're doing 5, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 grand a month in their gyms, but can't find a way around building something sustainable and building their, their capital up to the point where they have enough cash to not only buy a home, but also buy the, the gym that, they're, that, that, that their business is inside of rather than just constantly renting and, uh, renting and being kind of under the control of the, of the landlord, right? And that can create problems. And we've coached people in the past that have run into issues with the, the, the town or the city or their landlord and then really been screwed, right? Which I think why it's so important to, to kind of have you lay the groundwork. And listen, I understand we could do 17 podcasts on money and the, the, your relationship with money and money mindset and, and how to keep money and how to you know, get rid of old behaviors that were passed down through generation to generation inside of your families, which all, they, they all kind of, they, they, they'll all be a part of this, right? So what I was thinking, Luke, is just like, why don't you give these guys 
the, the basic, almost like the fundamentals, right? If you were going to teach basketball, you're going to teach them, you know, how to do a chess pass, how to dribble, the basics. Why don't you just give them your money basics and then I'll jump in and give them mine just so people can have a kind of a foundation to build off. Because everybody, listen, there's a, there's a million different ways to make a million bucks. The, the question is that when you get there, who are you going to be and are you going to actually create wealth or are you going to be one of these people that's one bad decision away from losing everything? So why don't you just go over the basic fundamentals that you used rather than go like theory-based, give them the exact framework and the recipe of what you did to get to where you're at now, you know, 10 years after you started your gym. All right. Uh, so let's start off with, you know, first of all, like, <laughs> I, I think it's important to have a vision, right? Because at the end of the day, targets, right? If you have targets, it's a lot different, even with money. Um, you know, and I'll give you some extreme example, but right now, you know, something crazy happens and you got to pay for, you know, your, your, your dad's or your brother's surgery. Like, you know, it's a hundred, it's a hundred grand. Right? You got to come up with a hundred grand um, to do it. So you save his life. Right. I went to the extreme, but guess what you're going to do? Like you're going to start, you're going to have something really meaningful that, you know, you have to make this money for and save this money for. So maybe we're making five grand a month and not saving a dollar uh, because you didn't have anything meaningful to do it. Like you had bad, mad money habits and patterns or whatever else. And now all of a sudden you got this meaningful target that you're like, yo, man, I, I gotta make the, I gotta save this money. I gotta save my dad. I gotta save my brother, whatever it is. And then you start going like, well, you know what? Uh, I'm like, I'm spending two grand a month just on dumb shit. Like I'm, I can live off of three. I can pay for rent, go to movies, do all these things that I need to do that like make my life perfectly, you know, great. Uh, I'm gonna start, you know, putting two grand on the side. So that's $24,000 in the first year, man. I gotta, but I gotta, I gotta, you know, I gotta make 50, I gotta save 50 grand the first year if we're going to be able to do this, whatever. Right. And then all, you know, whether it's like side hustle or, you know, you increase business or whatever else. But I guess my, the most important part of it is like this whole frame of, you know, why you're even doing it. Right. Like, and, and it does matter. Like it really, really does matter. You know, apart from, you know, when I look at, you know, over 10 years ago, when I look at like 13 years ago, uh, close to 14, you know, when I, when I came to Seattle and I was broke as fuck, you know, and, and, and I hated that number one, but, uh, you know, it was like, all right, well, look, I want to, first of all, I want to start making saving money because I knew that I wanted to open a gym, right. And I knew that's going to take money. Um, while I, at that point in time, I didn't know what exactly it was going to take, but I was like, look for 15 to 20 grand, you know, if I sell, if I say 15 to 20 grand, I should be okay. Cause I was looking at garage at that point in time, I was looking at garage gyms and stuff like that. Right. But it was the first phase in it. So, you know, we can go like rule number one kind of is, is this, okay? You have to figure out what it takes for you to live. Meaning you got to pay rent, you got to pay a car, you buy food, you know, just all the different things that allow you to live an okay, good life, right? And then, of course, it's like for me, I don't know, going to the movies, buying some extra books, you know, education was always a big thing for me. So you figure that out. And, you know, once you have that number, you're like, okay, cool. Well, what, what does that leave? And what, what it leaves is like, you actually have to, you know, if you can't trust yourself, I used to automate everything. I still do. I, th I think we both do, right? Like just automating money to leave your account so that you don't know it's there. Cause we're all bad at this stuff, right? If you see more money on your account, you learn ways to just blow it. You know what I mean? Um, and so I would just like sneakily put stuff on the side. I also had this habit. And Krebsy knows about this habit is, the, you know, I, I, on the side, I would train uh, some clients in my apartment building. 
I'd go and train athletes on the side. We do like speed cans. We do a bunch of different stuff. And like, I'd get paid cash for it. And I would stack that cash. I mean, like every fucking dollar of it. Like I would never spend it. Like, you know what I mean? For years and years and years and years and years. I, honestly, the first time I spent any of that money was when I bought the building. Um, so think about that. That's 12 years. And so 12 years, I would stack cash without ever touching it. Okay. Because I had a purpose behind that. So, so the cash would go somewhere when I would get paid 25% of the money I made would automatically go to different accounts. Um, and you know, that, but that, that did mean that, that did mean that I could, you know, um, that I had to live below my means. So, you know, at, at the beginning, although like I do, I do love me, my sneakers, um, me and Krebsy both do, uh, you best believe for a decade, I wasn't buying a lot of sneakers. You know what I mean? Um, because, because it was more important things to do. There was more important things uh, about the money part of it. So becoming cerebral. So like really creating, first of all, you know, knowing what you need to live personally. And then if you do have a business, of course, you, get, you have to know, um, you know, what the expenses of the business are, your, your, your rent, your utilities, um, if you do have any, you know, what are the fixed expenses? And if you remember fixed expenses might be your salary at that point in time too. Um, from there, you have variable stuff, you know, paying virtual assistance or, you know, obviously if, if you do have people on payroll and stuff like that, that would be under fixed. But like really just understanding the numbers, I think that's one of the things that um, most people aren't that great at is just like being able to look at stuff and go like, okay, well, look, this is how much is coming in and this is how much is going out. And can I turn that around? And one, one of the strategies that's absolutely best, you know, that's absolutely best is for money to just be taken out of your account. And I would say at least 10%, at least. So this is like, this is the richest man in Babylon. You know, my, one of my, my, my dad, you know, my dad, I come from socialism, from communism. That's when I grew up. You know, my dad always taught me like never owe anybody anything. You know what I mean? Um, and he, he ingrained that in my head so far. So, I actually didn't get a credit card until I think four, three or four years ago. Um, so I had zero credit cards at the beginning when I, when I came here, it was very difficult to have a credit card because I was a foreigner. So you, it, it's even worse. Like it's, I didn't have bad credit. I had no credit, right? I had no credit history, which is the worst. So nobody wants to give you a credit card. So basically the only thing I could do was buy stuff with cash, you know, with the money that I had, but what it meant. And I didn't get, I didn't go into debt. I didn't buy stuff that I couldn't buy. I could only, I only bought what I could buy. Um, which was a good thing. And so there's a lesson there for you, right? Like um, not to say you shouldn't get credit cards because that's how you build your credit. But it's to say that, um, you know, I didn't have a lot of resources, but I was resourceful about it. And so what it taught me is just like compartmentalizing money. You know what I mean? Being able to go like, okay, well, this is what I need. This is going to go here. This is going to go here. And being able to have a savings account, being able to have a like even an account for, you know, I know I had a vacation account the, the first years because it was like, if I didn't save for it, you know, if I didn't put a hundred bucks there, you know, like me back when I was married, like me and my wife couldn't go anywhere, right? It's not going to happen. Like you have to, you have to be strategic about where the money goes. Now as the, you know, as the business, so here's, here's uh, a thing that's very, very important for you to realize. I said, you know, put at least 10% from every dollar that you make on the side, at least I said, at least guys, I, I was doing a lot more than that for a long time. But you might be saying to yourself right now, well, but I only, you know, I only make the X, Y, Z. Like once I make more money, I'll put more money on the side. And that's the biggest mistake that you can make. It's the biggest mistake you can make. Because the thing is that you're currently building habits. 
right? So Ch Chip Swarzell, who was a, he's, you know, he, he used to be my boss at, at Vision Quest. And he was the person that like, like was really, really adamant about teaching me that. Um, and he said, look, if you, if you get a dollar, put 10 cents on the side. You get 10 bucks, put a dollar on the side. Because when you do that, when you start doing that, then when you make a thousand, you put a hundred bucks. When you make 10,000, you put a thousand, right? It's a habit. It's a mindset. And if you, if you right now, you're like, well, I only make 20 bucks. I'm not going to fucking put $2 on the side. Who cares? I'll wait till I make more. You're going to wait and you're going to build a habit of not putting it on the side. And it's going to be harder and harder and harder the more that you grow and the more that you make to do that. That's why you'll see so many people that the more money they make, they never save it because it's, it's basically a habit system. Okay. It, it's, it's something that's habitual. It's not like, Oh, once I make more, I'll save, you know, I'll actually end up saving stuff. No, that, that's not how it works. So that was one of the best things that I ever did. Like when I was broke, I, I started with that mentality from the get go. Um, and you know, even when times were tough, I never touched that. Right. So I think that's what's very, very, very important is to go like some of the money once it's gone, it's gone. Like you can't, you know, you cannot touch it. It's, it's, it's there for a bigger purpose, you know? And for me, like I said, the bigger purpose was every stage of the gym. And obviously eventually the, the vision was, um, you know, buying this place, you know, 13 years from the time that uh, I started coaching here in the U S 14, 13. Yeah. Like 13, I think 13 plus. Um, and so, you know, having a vision, making sure that you have a system of how you save, making sure that you put at least 10% of your money on the side. Now, you know, what, what started happening is that like, as you know, the, the gym was growing and doing really well. Um, instead of, you know, I imagine if I could draw a line, I know it's like, I'm, I'm talking through this, but give you an example. Okay. Uh, let's say you're making three grand a month and you know, so for three grand a month, you're living and you're putting a little bit of money on the side. Okay. And then you go and make five grand a month. Okay. So if you make five grand a month, I think it's, it's only right to improve your level of living. Meaning, you know, whether it's like you move into a little bit of nicer apartment or you go out a little bit more, that's good. Like that's okay. But it shouldn't go up as much as the income. Meaning like you should always have a bigger gap in the savings than, than the level of your lifestyle change that goes up. Cause then when you go from five grand to eight grand or from eight grand to 10 grand, right? Imagine that that gap of how much you're putting away keeps growing, but you still continue to improve your lifestyle. But what you don't do is you don't go, Hey, you make three grand and then you go to five and then you spend and you, but you're saving the same amount. You know, you go to eight and you're saving the same amount and you go to 10 and you're saving the same amount. Cause that's incrementally less and less and less and less. And now your expenses of life are higher and higher and higher. So that was one of my rules is like, as I would make more, I would, you know, maybe it's like move into a little bit nicer place, you know, uh, crunch the numbers and go like, okay, well, I can get myself a nicer car. But the gap of what, the, what, what I was putting on the side would always grow more exponentially. Um, and once we, you know, started other businesses, like me and Krebsy started consulting and coaching, I realized that, you know, I actually didn't need um, my, that my lifestyle, I was happy with it. Meaning like I didn't need to buy two cars or, you know, whatever else. And so I actually was putting, you know, literally every dollar on the side um, away, like every, like a hundred percent of what I was making in another company, I put it away. Um, and I did that for years and years and years and years. Um, so and so that cut you off. 
Yeah. Um, I just want to point out a few things that, that you're saying. And, and so these guys can make a note of it. Number one, Richest Man in Babylon is a book that Luke has mentioned multiple times. And it's not a coincidence that his mentor, who's a multimillionaire, referenced it as well. So it's called The Richest Man in Babylon. It's a book that I, I've had for a long time myself. And it's something that I've done. And I will tell you guys one thing. Luca also mentioned automating your money. And what I did back in the day is I paired The Richest Man in Babylon up with the second book, which is The Automatic Millionaire by David Bach. Right? And these two books are books that I've had every single person that I've coached, consulted in the past 10 years read. Because you cannot go wrong with this. Right? And we're going to touch more on money mindset. But the third piece of this is discipline. If you guys look at this, what Luca has taught you guys in this, this first 15, 20 minutes is realistically, he was very disciplined with the money that he made no matter which level of income he was at. And as long as you keep that discipline over time, there's only one thing that will happen and you will win, right? And if you look at the richest people in the world, they live the same way. They really do. Now, you may look at it and be like, oh, you know, the one percenters, this, that, and the other thing, um, you know, but you can't, you can't deny the fact these people are smart with their money. They just are. You know, Bill Gates drives like a Toyota Corolla or some shit, right? They give away a good portion of their money. So the, the one thing I want to touch on before I pass it back to Luke and his journey to building the gym is if you look at what he's done, and I'm going to share with you my stuff as well, is that the money mindset is the biggest piece of this, which means your belief systems around money are the most important piece of the puzzle. We can give you every single step of the way here. We can give you every single book that we've ever read that has given us an opportunity to create wealth and freedom, right? Freedom. For Luca, it was, hey, I want Vigorville. I want to create this gym that I own, and it's what I want. For me, it was always, I want freedom. I want to be able to live anywhere I want. I want to be able to pick up and move like a gypsy to any city that I want and have complete freedom, and I've done that, right? So, Guys, you got to remember, and Luca said this in the beginning as well, you have to get clear on what you want first. Don't buy a building because Luca bought a building. You have to be like, clear enough and give yourself permission to actually go after what you want and what's most important for you. For me, it's freedom. For Luca, it was building this, this like driving force. His true purpose was to not only build bigger, but also to help people. And he's doing different charities and all this other stuff that, that we're both involved in, right? We're not one dimensional. It's not just about the money. But here's the cool thing about money. It's fun coupons. It's an experience enhancer. It's freedom, security, and peace of mind, but only if you're disciplined with it. So if you're a fitness person, right, and obviously you're teaching your clients the same thing with their nutrition, with their exercise. Hey, you got to show up. You got to be consistent with your meal plan. You got to be consistent with your workouts. You know, don't cheat too often, right? It's the same shit with money. If you look at the fundamentals of anything, it really breaks down to the same shit. And it's not over your head. You are completely capable of doing this, but you actually have to have some self-control, which is what Luke is talking about here. You hear him, he's like, man, I made more money and then I just put away more money, right? And there's different ways you guys can do this. And I just want to share this before we pass it back over. It's like, guys, there's a million different ways to do this. Having a saving account, like an ING Direct that, that yields a little bit more of a return, right? I call it my, my oh shit fund, right? The oh shit fund is like, yo, if stuff starts going sideways and I have to dig into the oh shit fund, well, we're in trouble, right? And that's the same thing, automated. Whole life insurance policies, that's another way to build your own bank and put money where it's a 4% guaranteed return on all your money. Do your research though. Remember, we're not financial advisors, but we are people that have created wealth for ourselves. So here's one thing I want you guys to understand. If you talk to a financial advisor, make sure that their own finances are in place, right? Don't be afraid to ask questions. 
right? Don't be afraid to actually see what they own, how much money they have, because if somebody else is going to play with your money, they should be really qualified to do so. And I know I'm bouncing around a lot here, but it's just, this is a, a topic for me that, that means a lot because I came from a blue collar family and so did Luca, right? We don't come from, you know, wealthy, wealthy families. We come from workers, man. We come from people. My dad still owns an auto body shop to this day. And I watched my dad make decisions with his money that wasn't always the smartest. And I vowed to myself that I would never allow that to happen. Right? I'm from a very small town in upstate New York. More than half of the county that I'm from is on public assistance. That's a true story. So I know what it is to not have shit. And I also know what it is to have stuff. And I don't ever want to go back to the latter. So just to give you guys a clear outlook on this, like there, we can give you all the steps in the world, but you're going to really have to start working on your discipline and your habits around money. So not to cut Luca off, I know you were, you were leading into the next idea, which is, okay, you were disciplined, you were looking into garage gyms, you had grown this, We've, we'd started the, the pack, which was our original consulting fitness business, consulting business, and we started making money there. And throughout this whole process, I remember Luca telling me exactly what he was gonna do. Like, I remember, shit, probably the first time I met him, he told me he was gonna do this. And one thing you guys can see here is that it takes discipline and a vision that drives you through any stress, problems, obstacles, like self-imposed obstacles, regardless of what it is. It takes you being true to yourself and true to your vision to make this happen. So Luke, back to you, buddy. Yeah, great points, man. Great, great way to pull stuff out because, um, you know, you might like, for instance, uh, you may not be saving to buy a building, but maybe uh, like uh, Krebsy mentioned, the whole life insurance, which we both invest in, um, you know, I've, I've done stuff with stocks and done, been very successful with some, not as successful with others, uh, but you can, you could build a up portfolio and just like more solid stocks over time. Uh, you know, we've obviously invested in real estate even before this building. We own an apartment building in upstate New York um, that we also invested in. So there's, like I said, there's, there's a number of ways that you can do it, you know, Roth IRAs and so on and so forth. But the key, the key is one is to be educated and, um, it, there's a there's a desire of, and now more so than ever right like when you make money there's a desire to to show that you make money right like whether it's the car that you drive and and look I love cars but you know once again like can you can you truly afford it right whether it's the car you drive the clothes that you have jewelry watches whatever it may be um, and you know if you can delay that gratification for uh, something bigger that's gonna really pay off down the line you know like I said it's it's the uh, we, we talked about this in one of the episodes, right? It's like, it's later money, not now money, right? We, you, you replace, you make a decision for later money rather than now money, but it's going to be a big payoff. Um, it's a different story, but you got to, but once again, you got to have this vision, whatever the vision may be, because that creates a path and then a path, you know, creates a plan and how to's. And so that's, what's really, really, really important. And I don't give a shit. Like, you know, I, I really don't like, you know, if you make, you know, not a lot, like for, for whatever that means to you, right? Um, to still to still discipline yourself and put some away. That will be a game changer for you. It's an absolute game changer. I can't I can't I can't say it enough. I can't say enough. And the thing is, the way that we are, we're a very hedonic society, right? Like when the money would leave my account and I looked at my ongoing account, I'd be like, oh my God, like there's not a lot of money in there. Guess what it would make me do? It would make me go work hard and get zeroed in focused. Right. Because I was like, man, I got to build that account up, even though that it was automatically there was stuff leaving the account. Right. 
but it made me go like, damn, I can't, I can't be fucking around. I got, I got to make shit happen. Now, if that account was a little bit more cozy, right. I, I'm sure that I would be like, oh man, it's, it's, I don't have to work. You know, it's, it's good. Like it's looking good. Okay. So th those are just like some strategies and tactics that can really, really help you out with stuff like that. Um, and the sooner that you start, the better off that you are. Right. And this, this is the whole analogy, like, you know, kid, you know, kid that starts investing at 18, 19 years old and putting a little bit of money at the side, you know, will be so far ahead than somebody that starts doing it at like 50 or 45. Okay. Like because of compound interest, we understand that like compounding interest is, is, is the superpower. Um, and it goes like that for anything. Now, uh, I, I will say this. Okay. I will say this. This is very, very important. A lot of my money went into educating myself, uh, into mentorships, into coaching programs, into masterminds, into books, DVDs, courses, um, to, uh, and, and to a degree that like is actually kind of almost psycho. Um, what I mean by that is like, you have to look at that as an investment. You really have to. So if you think about like, you know, my, my thing has always been that instead of, you know, if you go like, Hey, look, man, like, you know, my friend's always, and he's a financial advisor and he's good. He's good at what he does, but he's like, man, like I got this, uh, you know, 401k and I got this and I got that. And I'm like, look, man, like none of those will, will yield a return that I can yield investing in myself. Right. There's no, like, there's no way, there's no way any stock on the planet, unless it's a penny stock that you get kind of lucky on or whatever, you got some insider info. And even then, like you can't get that type of return. Right. So whether, you know, me and Krebsy have been in a lot of the, you know, highest level masterminds and coaching programs and spent, I mean, we're talking like, you know, many, like multiple, multiple six figures. I mean, like I, I legitimately last 12 years have spent you know, between five and $600,000 on my education. This is, you know, and like I said, that's for masterminds, courses, coaching, consulting, all these different things, which you may be like, holy crap, that's an insane amount, amount of money, but it's, it, it's always paid back. It's always paid back. And so, you know, when you look at, when I started talking about like putting money on the side, that was another thing that I didn't mention is that I would always have an education fund. Um, and usually what for me, it would be is that certain things that I would like, for instance, um, I used to train this lady, Regina, uh, in, in our apartment building and like all the money that she paid me every month was my education fund. Uh, and she paid, you know, and I was training her one-on-one, I was making a pretty decent amount of money training her, getting up even earlier. You know, I was, I was doing these 16 to 20 hour work days, but I was like, okay, that fund from Regina is always going to pay for back then. It was like books and courses and stuff that it was a little bit more. And as I started, obviously, you know, doing better, instead of spending, you know, a hundred bucks or 50 bucks, it would be, you know, 300 and 500 on a course. And then it was like a thousand to 2000 on a seminar, you know? So as I started making more, I would invest more in myself. And so that's very, very key, even though we're, cause we're talking about money, but you know, investment, I mean, money is investing and there's nothing that's more important than investing in yourself. Uh, you, you know, once you have a business to invest in your business and even more so to invest in your people. And I can't, you know, say enough about that because that will pay back. Like when you, when you invest in your people and sometimes that's not even money, sometimes that's, you know, time and energy and focus, it always pays back. And, you know, today, uh, you know, we haven't stopped that. Like I honestly, I mean, I just came back from an event in Croatia that's a, that was a $10,000, you know, four and a half day event. 
Uh, I just invested in a couple of other courses that, you know, were in the thousands of dollars uh, to learn certain, certain things that I wanted to learn this in the marketing field. Uh, you know, we've been in masterminds that are 50,000, 30,000, you know, dollars a year and sometimes going to multiple in a year. So just know, like, those are all things that, uh, once again, will build your value, right? They will build your value, even though the money's going, you know, out, it's an investment into yourself. And, and I feel that it's important to, like, categorize that in your income, like, not, not to just, you know, be uh, uh, like, let it fly by the seat of the pants. Like, oh, okay, well, you know, if there's any money left over, I'll put it into investing in myself. No, like, that's not how it works. It's, it's priority. It's, it's priority, you know? And, and at the beginning, uh, like, I even talked to my wife and said, hey, you know, like, it's, this is really important is for the development and the growth. And sometimes we make sacrifices because the money would go towards education and maybe a trip to get educated versus uh, maybe a trip that, you know, was just fun and games, you know, and those are, those are the sacrifices that, that like are real. Like, I mean, it's just stuff that you, you, you have to make sometimes. Um, but once again, you have to be conscious about this. And, and so, you know, with that said, as this is all going on, going back to the target, you know, I knew like, first of all, you, you know, one of the best long-term plays uh, for investment this is my, my personal opinion. And I mean, you could go and study this a lot and you'll come most likely come to the same conclusion as real estate. And I mean, I, I don't mean like, you know, short term, look, there could be a recession and the, you know, the building loses value or whatever, but in the long term, it's always going to pay off for you. So I knew, you know, one, like, how do you build a, an exit strategy? Not that like, not that I would even want to exit anything, but I'm saying like, if you wanted to exit something, you know, uh, the industry or whatever you're doing, like, what is the strategy? You know, and obviously some of it is saving and 401ks and, you know, a uh, whole life and all these different things that you could do. But for me, I knew one, one of the things was like, well, I love fitness. I love, I love coaching. I love the gym business. Like, I want to stay in the gym business. I don't want to go anywhere. What is the, uh, you know, uh, I would say logical, smart move to, to make? Well, it's to buy a building and to be able to obviously build, you know, uh, build equity versus just paying rent. And I knew I wanted to do that. And I wanted to be able to, uh, you know, house, you know, the, the ideal kind of uh, place for, for this, as well as have tenants that pay, you know, and an offset cost. So essentially, you know, I have, I have a company that owns the building and, and then obviously there's a company that pays rent and so on and so forth. But what that entails another target and understanding the goal, right? Understanding the goal that like, hey, down the line, if something goes wrong or whatever else, you know, there's a lot of equity in this building. It still has tons of value because it can be rented out. It could be, uh, you know, the gym can stay and the gym could be rented out. There's just a million, op there's a lot of options there, right? Well, you I'm want to jump in here real quick, buddy. Yep. One thing I want to just point out really quick, guys, is that some of you might be listening to this and immediately your mind might be going like this. Well, I'm not Luca. I'm not Steve. I, I don't have that kind of money. These guys are different. I'll never be able to do that. And there's a weird un feeling of unworthiness when it comes to money. So one thing I want to walk you guys through really quickly, like really quickly here is how to figure out what your relationship with money is. And there's a really simple way to do it. When I say the word rich, what do you think? When I say the word wealthy, what do you think? And if your mind goes to like, oh, the 1% Donald Trump must be nice. You got an issue that you need to handle right now. Right? Because you're going to set self-imposed glass ceilings 
with your finances over and over and over and over again because that's what you feel like you deserve, right? You're actually committed to it. You're committed to the idea that you don't deserve to make more money or you'll never reach this, this next level. And if you believe that, you won't, right? You are 100% exactly what you believe yourself to be. And if you have a fucked up relationship with money, the, those ugly, dark tendrils will work their way into every aspect and deep recess of your mind and cause you to have problems with money over and over and over and over again. It's why when poor people win the lotto, they blow the money within a year or two because they're not disciplined with the money. And that's like the most important thing, guys. So I'm going to break this down again for you really quick. Lucas said what? Be disciplined. Be disciplined, right? Automate your money. Invest in education and stay focused on the vision. All these things have one thing in common. They all happened inside of his mind, right? This isn't some arterial rub crystals on your nipples money talk. This is like, hey, here's the concrete facts about how we've done what we've done, right? Would you guys like to be able to throw your laptop in your backpack and work from anywhere in the world? Well, I can probably teach you how to do that. Do you wanna build um, a mecca of fitness and own your own building? Well, Luca can teach you how to do that. But what we can't do, we can't teach you that if we have to convince you that you're worth it. It's impossible. So your belief system around money will dictate everything. And like I said, this isn't some hoo-hoo guru talk that, that we're going to just talk about theory. This is facts, guys. Like, it is pure fact. If you do literally in your heart believe you do not deserve to make more money, you won't. And even if you do make more money, you'll find ways to blow it over and over and over again and feel, play the victim role the rest of your lives, Right. So listen, the first step is probably the most important. That's become disciplined in everything that you do. It doesn't mean that you don't have fun. If you rewind back like six, seven years and watch Luca and I, we were having a lot of fun, right? Some people maybe thought a little bit too much. But guess what? During that time period, we were still putting way more money away than we were making. I promise you that. So the, the recurring theme that I hear Luca say and one that I want you to lock in your mind, number one, discipline, 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 discipline in everything that you do. You don't have to be perfect. You just have to be disciplined with your money. You have to feel enough value in the work that you provide and the service you provide to actually create more value out of the money that you make from it, meaning grow the money, meaning invest it in the right things. You know, do some things that are a little more secure and less risky like Roth IRAs, simple IRAs, whole life insurance. Then go the other route and start thinking about all these other crazy things like angel investing in crypto and stocks and all this stuff. Right. The number one thing that we'll tell you is Luca mentioned, guys, real estate. Listen, real estate ain't going out of style. Right. We own an apartment building. He owns his building. I'm actually just selling my home in New York right now. All those things do what? Well, it helps build your credit so you can get a loan if you ever need one. Number two, if you're smart, you're going to walk away with a bunch of money if you ever decide to sell it. So as we go through this process, I just don't want you guys to feel overwhelmed by the conversation because it'd be easy to feel that way. It'd be easy to hear Luca talking about all the things in these side LLCs he has set up inside of this business to make the most sense of it. It's because him and I both have a really great accountant. We actually share the same accountant, right? And through these accountants, they help us with this process. So you don't have to know everything, but you just have to be hungry to learn. And that's why Luca brought up the idea of investing in your education, guys. It's so fucking important because that's how you learn the game right? That's why you hire mentors. We hired mentors based on what? Back in the day, we wanted to see, okay, this guy's doing what we want to do. Or this guy's doing what I want to do. Let me go learn from him. And I'm going to pay him a good amount of money so that I can learn what he's doing and then apply it, right? So if you listen to this, 
and you're crazy enough not to apply any of the basic stuff that we're talking about, the most basic steps are, you know, automate your money, become disciplined, there's nothing we can do to help you. Because five years from now, you're gonna look back at the, your expenditures and you are gonna be so pissed off at yourself for the dumb shit you bought. If you're walking around in Balenciaga sneakers, by the way, they're the ugliest fucking things on the planet anyway. If you're blowing your money on stupid shit like that and you don't own your vehicle or you don't own your home, like you're just dumping money all over like a drunken sailor, then I don't feel bad for you. I don't because you should have a fund that's called asshole money fund and that's the money that you use to spend on stuff. Listen, Jordan 1s are like my favorite shit of all time. Luca buys them too. They're amazing. But I don't buy them if I'm not crushing in business. Even if I have a bank account full of money, if I'm not bringing in large amounts and I'm not crushing, guess what I don't get? I don't get new sneakers. I don't reward myself for mediocrity. So you guys got to understand there's a lot going into this podcast. I'm, I know Luke and I will probably do 10 more on this topic because it's so important because we don't want you to work your, your life away and then look back and have nothing to show for it. Living above your means and blowing money, trying to impress people that you don't even fucking like. It's a waste. Don't fall into the trap, especially now with Instagram and social media and everybody flexing like they're all billionaires. I live in Miami now. It's one of the cities we call them Brickle Millionaires. They just they rent Lambos and drive around the city like they're ballers, and they're one bad decision away from going broke, right? So you guys got to understand. Be smart. Please be smart. Please take this away from this conversation because the only way that I'm working on these businesses that I'm working on now that I can't really talk about right now, and the only reason Lucas was able to buy that building is why. That work started years ago. That discipline started years ago for both of us when we weren't making a ton of money and when $200 a month into a secret account did sting a little bit. But guess what? You're never going to look back. I guarantee you, you're really going to look back and go, man, I'm so glad I blew that money. Now, if it's on a trip or an experience with people that you love, that's different. But you're not going to look back and be like, wow, I'm so glad I bought those slip-on, ugly-ass Balenciaga sneakers because I thought they were cool because that's what I saw on Instagram. And then that money's gone forever, guaranteed. So Luke, I know you agree with me. I just needed to jump in there because the money mindset is so important and discipline is so important when it comes to this stuff. And you guys need to know that you're worth building wealth. Now, if you compare your wealth to that of Jeff Bezos, you're going to be really upset. So at the end of the day, again, getting clear with what makes you happy and what kind of life you want is what's most important. So Luke, go ahead and take it back over, buddy. Yeah, bro, I'm, I'm glad you brought this up because that's why at the beginning I was like, hey, you know, let, let's touch on this whole, uh, I, I think actually this needs to be talked about more, right? Because some com common things that kind of, you know, pinch off the flow, or I mean, what I mean by pinch off the flow is like stop the flow of money from coming in, um, is associating wealth with like lack of morals, which is a lot of people do that, man. Like, you know, my mom used to say that shit like, oh, that, you know, guy driving a Mercedes must be a drug dealer, you know? Uh, probably why I was driven to become a drug dealer, but but it, you know it's it's real. Like wealth with lack of morals, uh, equating a desire for wealth with greed, right? A lot of people literally think, oh, if I want to be wealthy and rich, then I'm greedy, right? And another one is just the self sabotage and belief that we inherently suck at money. Like a lot of people say that, right? Oh, well, well, I suck at money, right? So. Put, put it this way. Imagine if you, if you think that way, right? I suck at money. Well, you just told yourself a story that essentially, you know what I mean? Like you're not going to be good with it no matter what happens. So even if you get it, you're going to blow it, right? And you got, one of the things I found that was, you know, a good way of doing it is like thinking of money as energy, 
right? Instead of like the ultimate thing to obtain, but it helps you shift your perspective, right? It's an it's energetic exchange. It comes to us through other people, like, right? So uh, in, you give something to get something, but as soon as you like, you have this association with money, but if you're like, man, we're just exchanging energy, right? And the thing is, you could be like, hey, that sounds foo-foo, but the reality is it's not. It's, it's a different perspective, right? And you want to you want to start using words around money differently and more wisely. You know what I'm saying? And because otherwise, like if, if you give money, these associations, you hardwire them subconsciously into, you know, like legit, like you won't consciously maybe say shit like that, but you always find yourself uh, doing things like make money, lose money, make money, lose money. Maybe, maybe your parents did that. Right. I, I, think another i i know for for both of us with me and steve like we've we've ran into these things is like you know making a lot more money than your parents or your family or the people around you um what can happen sometimes is because we're such tribal creatures and people is that you start feeling bad not even consciously subconsciously like oh man like i'm i'm you know getting away from these people that i care about and then you'll blow it so that you never get too far away from it you know what i mean like so these are all real things, by the way, okay? Right, these are, all, like, these are all real things that you want to talk about, okay? And, and, and like developing kind of like attitude of gratitude around money is, is a big thing, okay? Like it is, like all these different things that I'm sharing right now matter. I, and this could be, you know, whole conversation in and of itself where I think it's important to write out stuff like that, right? Like write out, how you feel about money, why you feel that way about it. Maybe there's something that happened in your past that, you know, made you, you know, think that whatever it may be. That's, but the thing is like, that's all real shit because like Krebs, said, and you know, if, if you do that, like, uh, should I say, if, if you, if you can't shift your attitude and your belief system around it, no, like the tactics and strategies we're giving you is not going to help. Um, but so here's, here's five tips. Okay. Number one, this would sound kind of cornyish, but like, look, surround yourself with people who love money and who have a healthy relationship with money. We always, you know, we talk about like surrounding yourself with the, the five people, like you become them and so, so on and so forth. Well, this is why, this is why this is important. Like, because those people will have a different relationship with money and they can explain it better and you might start believing that, right? Be also, number two is be aware of your own broken record about money, right? Focus on your thoughts and words, like catch yourself. Right, catch yourself saying shit like, um, uh, you know, I wish or must be nice or, you know, must be nice to have that much, must be nice to make that much. Like, you got to catch yourself with shit like that, right? Because it's a story that's running and you got to stop it, right? Number three is like, listen to your intuition when you make the decision to make money, right? When you hit an opportunity that scares you, jump on it immediately, right? If you hesitate, your excuses will push you back into your comfort zone. And this is one of those things where maybe like, hey, launching a program and, you know, charging more. Uh, I know we had that too, where it was like, you know, we're charging a certain amount of money. We hired a coach. The coach was like, man, you guys are worth way more. You got to double what you're charging. We freaked the fuck out. And, but we went and did it. And then we made the sale and we were like, oh shit, like this is crazy, right? Built the belief around what we're worth. Okay. So just listen to your intuition when you, when you make decisions around money. Number four is, you have the power within you to create a reality you desire. It just depends whether you're willing to get uncomfortable to create it, period, period. Like, 
the reason that we, you know, like, oh, I don't know if I'm able to make six figures or what, man, that's like, once again, it's a story. You have the power to create the reality that you desire. Now, going back to that number one, right? Like surround yourself with people that love money and have a healthy relationship with it. Get coaches that have that, right? Be in groups that like, where people want more money. Not, but not because they're greedy or they're assholes or they're horrible human beings. It's because they want better for themselves and they want to do more good in the world. Guess what? Like, you know why I want to make a shit ton more money? So I can continue to grow like programs like Vigor Dream, give more away, right? That's why, okay? So now, first of all, number five, this is going to go contrary a little bit to what I talked about, okay? Ditch, because there's another side of it. It's ditching the obsessive budgeting, right? If you're constantly looking at how you can cut back, it makes money no fun. And what I mean by that is like, there's people that are always like, save, 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 save. But I'm, I'm like, how can I make more? Right, because the thing is, when you make money burdensome, fun free, if, if you make it a fun free thing, it leads to like unhealthy relationship. And I'm not talking about being reckless. I'm a believer in saving and making responsible decisions. We just talked about that, but we need to get our frequencies higher around money. Right? If a, if a latte is your thing, go for it. Like if a, if the sneakers are your thing, go for it. Right? Find a way to increase your output so you can have the latte, the sneakers, the vacation, whatever. Like so, th- there's this dichotomy between that because. Sometimes it'll be like, oh shit, well, like I'm, you know, I got myself some shoes or, or a latte every day and I'm living frivolously. And it's like, no, you're not. Like, I mean, look, you, it's fine. Like enjoy life. And that's where the boundaries, like that's where we're kind of like that in between is. The in between is like to be able to put money away for the bigger picture, the vision, the investments, but still live life. Right now, it's a certain parts, you're going to have to sacrifice a little bit more. Right, but that's gonna help you have to sacrifice a lot less, and for for money to work for you later on down the line. So, and and that's why Krebsy said, "Hey, we could definitely talk about this a lot more." But um, I just wanted to share some points around uh, around like the belief systems, and you know, I spent a lot of a lot of time reading books on on money, you know, and it, it helped me like really reframe situations, and it really made me think different around it. Uh, and and I kind of wanted to brainwash myself. And how do the most successful people in the world think about money? And so I would just read everyone's biography or autobiography to help me like reframe, you know, a kid coming from socialism, communism, like what do people that are successful think about money? And, and as you know, you guys know, like I'm a voracious reader and I read a lot. And so that's one of the things that I did was, you know, start reading around uh, money and, and the people that have been successful with it. Uh, but also not shitheads, if that makes sense. And that was the longest pause of silence that Luke and I have ever had in our relationship. So, guys, here's the thing. We can give you uh, – we could probably do three more hours on this topic. But I think the, you know, the, the one massive takeaway from today, I, I think, that we've both touched on a bunch of times is just discipline. And you'll never go wrong being disciplined. You'll be very thankful 5, 10, 15, 20 years down the line when you set yourself up financially where you feel security and peace of mind. Because I don't know about you, Luke, but for me, the feeling of scarcity, like not just a little scarcity that's like, hey, I'm going to work harder because of it, but like a crushing sense of, yo, I'm going to lose. I have nothing. I never want to feel that. And I think the only way to avoid that for you guys is to make sure you start working on it right now today. Don't listen to this and go, oh, the richest man in Babylon, automatic millionaire. Cool. I'll put them on a list and I'll get them next year. That's bullshit. Go buy them right now. Listen to them on your morning walk. 
right? Read the shit out of them over and over and over again. Teach what you learn to other people, but only after you, after you apply it, right? So guys, listen, it's episode number six of the podcast. I hope you guys are getting a ton of value out of this. There's only what, Luke, 65, 63 tickets left to the Vigor Ground Summit, September 12th to the 14th in Seattle, Washington. Uh, it's almost sold out, right? We, we haven't even really pushed it that much, guys. So you got to remember, there's nothing worse in life than regret. And having FOMO, fear of missing out, should be strong right now because you do not want to miss this event. Go to uh, VigorGroundSummit.com slash, what is it, slash? Forward slash home. Forward slash home. Guys, grab your tickets. Don't be cheap, right? One of the main things Lucas said in this entire conversation about money was investing in his education. And I'm going to one up on that and say, not one up, but add to it, not just invest in your education, but invest in being around people that are going to make you better. Just like he said earlier, surround yourself with people that have a healthy relationship with money. Well, at this event, you're going to be around all sorts of people that have healthy relationships with everything, right? We're all working on stuff, but the speakers, it's the murderer's row of the industry. Plus, you're going to get a chance to be around other people just like you. So guys, listen, we appreciate you guys tuning in. That's episode number six. Go grab your tickets. We'll catch you on the next one. That is the Fitness and Business Mixtape Podcast. Oh yeah, baby, we're out of here. Peace.